Hello, everybody. Welcome to Two Nuts in a Pod. I'm Lizzie, and Emery is actually out of the studio today. Um, so I've replaced him forever with my lovely friend, Lamsey Reeves. She is our guest today. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I swear she's here. She's real. <laughs> I, I have friends. <laughs> I feel like we usually have people on here that Emo knows. So like whenever I have a friend on, I'm like, I have friends. This is my friend. This is my friend. Yeah, I'm Lizzie's friend. So uh, Lamsey and I have known each other. I was trying to think about this earlier. So. 10 years. It's whenever you and Jenny met. So. <clears throat> Yeah, to 2012. So just coming into our 10th year. Oh, yeah. We should have a party. What's the, uh, what's like the metal or material for the 10 year? I feel like Something it's lame. 10. Like 10. Yeah, I but I might be making 10. that up. 10 for 10. Um, I might know that from watching New Girl too, which I don't know. Is that embarrassing? No, I love that show. It's amazing. Probably. No, that show's awesome. <laughs> it's really good writing. It's really good I know writing. it's a sitcom, it's and I know people crap on sitcoms. I but was reticent to watch it forever, and then I was really shocked by how good A lot it of is. people were like, oh, was like Zoe Deschanel. Like, they didn't really think she'd have the comedic chops, but she was, she was good. Schmidt runs the show. Schmidt does run <laughs> the <laughs> show. <laughs> I don't know. I love everybody. Yeah. Like Nick and Winston. I go through phases. It's like with every re- rewatch, I have like a new favorite character that I pay more attention to. Yeah, it's very comforting. Yeah. It's solid. So uh, before we launch into talking about our feelings, I got to do the business, which usually Emery does. So Emo, I'm really sorry if I screw this up, but I'm going to give it a shot. Um, so we are Two Nuts in a Pod on Forward Radio. Uh, you can find us on social media. We are on Facebook uh, called Two Nuts in a Pod with the number two spelled out. Then we're also on Instagram, Two Nuts in a Pod with the number two, because Insta's all cool and hip. And uh, you can also email us at two nuts in a podcast at gmail.com. And we would really love your emails. Um, we'd love to, if you have questions about the show, if you're interested in coming on the show, uh, topic ideas, like anything, we want to hear it. We want to hear about it. And, um, you know, remember, Emo and I are depressos, and um, it really cheers us up when we hear that people like us. So positive affirmations, too, you know. Or tell us you hate us. Like, that's fine, too. Just, just, just give us give us anything. Um, yeah, tell us how much we suck. Like, whatever. Just email us. So we, you can find us on streaming services, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and CastBox. That's it. That's everything. I did it. I'm proud. Can't wait to brag to Emo about it. So first segment uh, is called How Are You For Real? So this is, and I actually realized too when I introduced you, I didn't like give any information about your life and what you do for a living so is that necessary do you have to i mean i don't have to i don't mind to not have an intro but you can if you want um yeah so do you well i mean do you want to just share with people because you're you have like like i don't know three (laughs) entrepreneurial (laughs) things going on at any given time uh, well, I'm a makeup artist. That's my main squeeze. And then I had a boutique briefly uh, during the pandemic. I put it on hold 
and I'm about to start a margarita mix company. Yes. And are, are you, you're still pinning down a name, not ready to release that yet? I don't think we're releasing the name yet. Okay, cool. <laughs> but I think I have the name, but we're going to keep it secret for now. Ooh, I'm so happy I'm one of the people in <laughs> yeah. on the secret. Top secret. Uh, yeah, so anyway, so How Are You For Real is where we actually get into the nitty gritty of what's going on in our lives. Usually when people ask you how you are, you're just like, fine or okay, or like, you know, can't complain. I can always complain, but I don't, I don't understand when people answer that way. But yeah, it's not really treated as an actual question. It's just treated as like a social nicety. But uh, on our, the whole point of this show is we want people to talk about their feelings more because when you do that, you it's good for everybody. It destigmatizes mental health stuff, and uh, it's just healthy to get your feelings out there. So, uh, okay, Lamsey, how are you for real? Um, I wanted to quote. Oh, sorry. I'm, this isn't accurate, but I love quoting Steve Zissou. There's a line in The Life Aquatic, and he says, I'm right on the edge. I don't know what comes next. But mm. I'm coming off the edge, um, coming out of a little bit of a, a dark phase. It's still up and down, but I, I see a light at the end of the tunnel. So yeah. I'm on the mend. Um, yeah, it's been... You know, these last couple of years have been pretty difficult for everybody, I think. So, yeah. yeah. But I'm feeling good. How long has this particular phase lasted? Or like the really, yeah, di- you know, the deep, deep parts dive. of it. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it's been going on. Um, like it became really intense in the last three months or I became really aware of it. Sometimes I'll be in it and just kind of used to it so you don't really notice and then all of a sudden it's like oh damn my joy to depression ratio is really skewed um the joy is really low so yeah the last three months have been very intense um so I I guess like a week ago two weeks ago I finally went to the couch which is a emergency psychiatric office it's not a it's not a hospital it's not a ward it's just like a little you can go and meet with a psychiatrist like really quickly if you are in need uh, to talk to somebody or perhaps seek medication so I I went there and uh, addressed things that I had been diagnosed with in the past but I did not believe it to be true I was told like three years ago or four years ago that I have ADHD and I was like nah it's not true. I'm not a little hyperactive boy. Um, yeah, that's the only thing our culture. That's what I thought it was. I'm like, yeah, no. That's I why so many know. girls go undiagnosed, is because girls don't often exactly. present in yeah. the same ways when they're younger. And but, yeah. it's like, um, if you're a bad test taker or you can't focus on things, that's like the stereotype. I'm like, I'm a great test taker, and I can focus on things that I'm into. Like that's what I just. I'm like, oh, I can focus on it if I'm interested all day but if I'm not I can't I can't do it mm-hmm. it's like maybe I do have those um so they gave me some drugs and uh, it's been definitely better good 
Are they starting to help lift your mood a little bit as well as helping with the focus stuff? Yeah, so I guess I, I don't know. You know, I kind of have, I have a bunch of letters next to my name, as I say, with no advanced degrees. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if it goes under, so I'll get like really, I'll have phases. So I have PMDD, which is premenstrual dysphoria disorder. And that is for sure. That's a fact. Like two weeks out of the month. I'll just like drop off. It's like, what the, what's happening? Um, and then I get it's hormonal, and because it's like a women's disorder, so there's not very much known about it. Just you have to just lie down on a fainting couch. <laughs> yeah, she's hysterical. They'll sequester you for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, so anyway, it gets like my depression will get really bad. Like really, it's difficult for me to get out of bed. Uh, I get kind of agoraphobic. I don't think if I leave the house something really terrible is going to happen it's just like I just can't I just can't do it I just can't get up and get out and it's like what's the point um I get real really uh hopeless and and I'll I I think about suicide a lot I don't really want to do it right which is always hard to convey I'm like I don't really want to die I know it's like when you say the S word in front of a right. therapist, you see them like pull their pen out, like ready to do an evaluation on you. It's yeah. like, oh, no, 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 I didn't make any plans. No, you don't need to watch it. I immediately it. backpedal. Right. Um, so it's I'll just like an intrusive thought. Intrusive it just thought. pops in. I just learned what that is. Um, I didn't know. I just thought, because my brain, so I guess the ADHD explains like I feel like there are 400 stations playing in my head at all times. Like I, there's just constant... I'm thinking about everything that's ever existed that could exist, that possibly could, like all of the things. Um, and I'm, I'm literally losing my train of thought right now. <laughs> Perfect example. Um, what was I talking about? Uh, just like, you know, whether the medication oh, is helping. No, no, no. Intrusive thoughts. Intrusive thoughts, yeah. Learning what that was. Yeah. I am getting to the medication if it's helping. I didn't take it before I came, the Adderall. Yeah. Um, I'm like, pin that so yeah the intrusive thoughts anyway i lost it again <laughs> um <laughs> what's i talking about intrusive thoughts uh what they like are? Oh, the suicide, suicide. Yeah, yeah loop i'll start looping and thinking about weird things like stabbing myself over and over or like putting a gun in my mouth and pulling the trigger over and over and over but it's not to actually die it's like to release this feeling in my body i feel like i want to get out of my body i want to like pull my hair and like I have I call them fits because I'm like a little kid having a tantrum it's really embarrassing and fortunately only my partners are the ones that have been subjected to these fits um but then you know it'll be like during that week I'm like that and then I always say like once the period I bleed it all out and then I'm like okay and we're back and yeah. now I can function I can go out I have energy I'm gonna work out again I'm gonna do all these things but two weeks out of the month is extremely debilitating and it sets you back you don't get to progress very far without getting set back set back so um I went to the couch like during one of these episodes my partner was like I just think that you should probably go at this point um, and I'm like, all right, fine, you're right. So they gave me Adderall, they gave me Prozac too, but I ended up having to stop Prozac because it made me feel super weird. But so I'm like, also I need to be able to look at this, these drugs individually. 
um, and have a control to see, okay, if this one's going to help before I tack on two. That's smart, yeah. Because um, you can't tell if you're doing both. So anyway, I start taking the Adderall, and it it's crazy because it is a, it's such a taboo drug, too, because it's so uh, overprescribed and abused, and I'm like, it's prescription cocaine. It's meth. Um, yeah, for some people. Right. Like, if you don't have ADHD, yeah. it's meth. If you do... <laughs> if you do, it's really crazy what it does. It just, like... It quiet, it just like instantly it quiets all of the stuff, all of the static and insane. It's like in Clockwork Orange when he's in that room and they're feeding him that video that's like, that goes away and then you can just tunnel in. I'm like, oh, I can just think about these few things that are in front of me. Um, I can focus on that. And then in turn, that quiets the intrusive thoughts. I can't be looping. Mm-hmm. And I can't be thinking about all these other things, which is raising my anxiety. So if I just, it just like brought my focus in and I'm like, okay, cool. I'm calm now. Oh, I need to wash these dishes. Okay, cool. I'm just going to do it. Wow. I'm going to just not, because I'll procrastinate big time. If I have a big list of things to do, like right now I'm moving, but we can't move yet. But we're like about to. So this is this kind of like purgatory situation, which I don't do well with. And so I'll have all these big things that I need to do. If the list is too long, uh, then I'll just freeze. And I'm like, and I'm going to go get in bed because I can't do any of them. Um, or if I, I'll get up and like try to, I'm like, okay, I'm going to make a list of things I need to do because I love making lists. And then in, a fa- in like a dark phase, if you will, mm-hmm. then that'll be like, okay, these dishes need to be done. Okay, well, I guess I'll do those in a couple hours maybe I'll do them in a minute but I noticed so I took the Adderall and I was in the kitchen kind of milling around and I saw that I'm like oh I'll do those dishes in a little bit and then almost if I didn't notice I was doing them I'm like and now they're done so I just did them because why not just do them yeah and so that's been really nice um and yesterday I had a little bit of like a so I'm now exactly 14 days out from my period. This is when things start getting dicey. Mm. And lo and behold, like clockwork, I was like having a little bit. I got a good morning. And then um, I started like spiraling and I felt lonely and I was like crying. And I'm like, why am I crying? And then I'm like, because there's no cure for me. Am I always going to be this way? So I took, because um, I take such a small amount of it. I'm so sensitive to things, so I take like 2.5 milligrams, which is nothing. So I took another, and I was like, it kind of brought me back in again. Mm-hmm. And I noticed it made me able to look at my feelings objectively or step away a little bit and be like, okay, instead of just spiraling in them, I was like, all right, how do I deal with this? I kind of was able to problem solve instead of spiraling um, and come out of it faster interesting so yeah so that i've never thought about that that adderall could help with you know pmdd but it makes sense i mean like i like when i was prescribed adderall for a while um i was diagnosed with adhd which i've come to believe is was a misdiagnosis um but i learned in the process that like 
there's a lot of overlap with like ADHD and depression and anxiety symptoms. And there's a lot of like chicken and egg stuff of like, you know, were you, did you grow up with ADHD and it lowered your self-esteem and then therefore made you depressed? Right. Um, or did you grow up with depression and anxiety, which constantly gave you these intrusive thoughts, which made it really hard to focus on anything. Um, yeah. And, you know, so... And which presents as ADHD symptoms, uh, which for me, I, I never really had issues focusing in school, but um, I had said some things to my provider that made them think, oh, we should try you on this medication. And uh, yeah, like I, I found that it did have a lot of mood benefits and yeah, just the ability to like see things more logically. Mm-hmm. Um which yeah. is kind of like C- what CBT does. It's like you you take your emotions. Um, what is it? CBT? Yeah, cognitive behavioral oh, yeah, yeah. therapy. Um, when you really try to examine your emotions and like reframe them, and you just do a lot of that kind of work. Um, Very effective. Yeah. So that's great. I mean, it might be, you know, one drug that can help you with a lot of different things. Yeah. And I, I like that it's, uh, instead, it's not blood, like I don't have to get it into my bloodstream. I don't have to take it all the time. Mm -hmm. And I, not that there's anything wrong with that, but I just, I really don't, I have, I'm super sensitive to everything. So like the side effects of antidepressants or like the wiping out your sexuality is like a really big, big bummer for me. I'm not into that. And like feeling, no, I don't know, just, you know, there's a million myriad side effects so if I cannot do that I'm gonna try my best like right now because I went on the Prozac initially and and because unchecked ADHD can also lead to OCD which the OCD she was saying is the intrusive thoughts become because um, I was doing like checking behaviors I mm. got a really weird um, snake phobia it was like just newly developed well i've never liked them but over the, like you said when the dark for like the last three months it was like i re- i recognized that it was un- unnatural how much i was thinking about snakes like all the time everywhere i go when i leave the house looking around for them all the time hmm. and then i spent the night at jess's house one night and woke up in the night and checked the room for snakes so i was like that's a bit much yeah <laughs> what's happening so the i've noticed that the also the adderall kind of has checked that aspect um but yeah if i can just take it as needed then that will be great because honestly two weeks out of the month i feel almost perfectly wonderful um i'm motivated and but then this it was the last the last three months kind of it started the it maybe wasn't the two weeks. I wasn't getting that back. When I would finish my period, I was like, okay, waiting for the comeback, and it wasn't happening. Mm. So it's like, am I getting, and, you know, then the, the spiral thoughts. I'm like, am I getting older? Is this getting worse? Am I getting crazier? Is it going to take over? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so these I'm, I'm seeing a counselor or a therapist, too. Nice. And I just start, she's lovely. Um, but she's like, I'm interested to watch like how it happened, like through the PMDD, if this is able to help with that. Mm -hmm. Um, so we'll see. And I'm also trying to do, 
I'm like, I'm gonna eat a certain way. I'm like, I have to go on a diet. Like I'm trying to do anything that I can dietary to help my microbiome and my gut and oh. that contributes to anxiety. Like anything I can do on my own to be proactive about it, I'm gonna try to do. The problem with that is when you get into the depression, it's very difficult to stay on track and to keep doing these things that are good for you, quote unquote. Well, and it puts extra pressure on yourself. I tend to do the same thing. And like, you know, my therapist called me on it recently is when I, when there's something wrong in my life, when something feels off, it's like, I want to attack it from every single angle. (laughs) I'm going to do this differently. I'm going to do this differently. I'm going to do this differently. And it ends up where it's a lot of changes at once. And because I'm a perfectionist, Mm -hmm. I'll feel bad if I'm letting letting myself down in just a couple of the areas Mm -hmm. instead of looking at like, oh, here's three huge changes I've made, which have helped a lot. So um, I personally have been doing like baby steps. Yeah, that's wise. With a lot of that stuff. I think it, everybody has their own way of doing it. But I do think like if you're someone who gets overwhelmed easily, like making changes in little steps can really help but Mm -hmm. it's it's hard when you want to feel better you want to throw everything at it yeah I start I get that feeling I'm like I'm always waiting I feel like I'm constantly waiting for something I'm like okay well if we start a new medication well let's wait and see it'll be six to eight weeks until you see how this feels and then oh do you feel crazy well let's try another one and you're just like waiting and yeah then I get that very like antsy I need to do it now now yeah um so yeah attacking at all angles and I even my therapist is telling me like catching myself with negative Mm self-talk and so like you're saying when you start quote-unquote failing at something it is interesting like I'm catching myself like oh my god I am like really mean to myself a lot and with and if you do catch it it's very helpful to be like okay no this is okay um, and now my, my partner's really amazing at that too. He want, if I say anything negative about myself, he's like, let's not say necessarily that if I'm like, I'm a fat, ugly monster, I'm a <laughs> failure loser. <laughs> Look at the freak. That's the nice thing about, um, partners and friends is being able to say that stuff out loud and then have them be like, no, you're crazy. <laughs> when it does just stay in your head un- yeah. unchecked it's Ugh. uh it it's wild in there it, it yeah it, that's how it turns into a belief it's just a constantly repeated thought mm-hmm. and thoughts are not true right they're just thoughts they're just thoughts Ugh. so um so i'm glad you're started you're on the mend and the mend. you know that's just the first step is like you know, you've got the psychiatry, you've got the therapy, like you're moving in the right direction. I had like a long period of that, like joylessness that for me, I realized was a lot to do with benzos. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, but it is really a special kind of depression where you're unable to experience any joy. When you get into a depression that deep, it's really hard because usually for me with my depression, you know, the good days keep me going. Mm -hmm. 
you know, even if it's just like a couple good days a week or for you two good weeks out of the month, it's like you depend on those days. Those are the life affirming ones. (laughs) Those are. And then when you're depressed, it's like you can lean into it. You can self-care. You can relax. You can watch a bunch of TV. Right. You know, do whatever. Um, And then you have those good days to kind of feel alive and, um, you know, compensate for those days where you couldn't do anything. anything. But yeah, when you don't have those good days, it's really hard. But yeah, so I feel you and I had that for a long time and it sucks. So I'm hoping that you get a joyful day soon or even a joyful few hours. I do have... um... This is not the deepest depression I've had, for sure. Um, And also, having experience, like, the type that you're talking about, like, four years ago, I had the greatest depression I'd had. And it was, like, I don't know, nine months, maybe? Eight months, something like that. But dealing with that now, I do have, as they say, more tools in my tool belt Mm -hmm. um, to catch it and be like, okay, like realizing like I shouldn't be thinking about snakes as much that's weird this is not familiar oh my brain okay like to be able to catch yourself and and start addressing it sooner than letting it go and then you're it's much harder to get back up but I am still experiencing joy and I have a lot of gratitude in my life um I just yeah my brain just needs a little bit of quiet time yeah (laughs) it just needs to calm down and it needs to go to a spa for a I, while. It needs to go to a spa. I need to wash my brain. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit about how I am. Oh, am I supposed uh, to ask you? I'm so sorry. Jeez. No, well, yeah, you can ask me if you want. Let's see. How are you really? Uh, I am doing pretty good. Uh, I only have two weeks left of this stats class I've been taking that is like sucking my life force. Uh I don't hate stats. I just don't like it either. And so it's just like, mm-hmm. and it's, it's taking up a lot of my time because it's a six week class. So it's just like a lot of work. I'm taking it at Spalding where I work. Um, cause I can take undergrad classes for free. Um, and so, yeah, so I, you know, wanted to do it for my job cause I've got to do a bunch of data analysis stuff, but Yeah, it's been really wearing me out, and it's one of those things where um, I'm just having to, like, take naps, more naps, more days off or mornings off. Um, And it's not just because of the stats. It's because of also, like, my benzo withdrawal stuff, uh, which I've talked about on the show um, a couple times now. Uh, So I've, I've been doing, like, a slow taper where I'm reducing every couple weeks. Um, and it's going to take me about six months to be totally off of it the way I'm doing it. Um, safe way. Yeah. So the idea is that the withdrawal is never too bad. So you don't like get discouraged or like shock your nervous system and then have to deal with like protracted symptoms because, you know, people who go cold, cold turkey sometimes will experience symptoms for years. You can die. You can die. <laughs> and you're going to experience symptoms for, like, years afterwards. So Yeah, it's no joke. Yeah, so I'm taking it slow. But, yeah, it's uh, I'm having, like, some withdrawal stuff. And um, 
you know, one of those things that I've just been feeling more tired uh, since I switched from Ativan to Valium because when you're like weaning off, that can be helpful because, mm-hmm. and sorry for listeners who have already heard this, but uh, since Valium like is longer acting in your system, it leaves more gradually. And it's for your nervous system more so than the others, isn't it? Um, I think it, it acts on the seizure it, anyway. It acts in the same way, like it acts in the, on the same receptor. Um, but it does have a more sedating effect. So I've only been on it for a few weeks now. So I think I'm still adjusting to that. And I don't know if I'm sleeping great. And mm-hmm. that's one of the um, withdrawal side effects because I just kind of wake up a lot during the night. And so, yeah, I've... Um, so that makes you even more tired in addition to the sedating effects. Not sleeping, yeah. yeah. But overall, I feel like... Um, I have, you know, some days where I have like spikes of anxiety for the, but for the most part, it's just kind of like, you know, a a couple or a few times a day, I'll get like a wave of anxiety and it's usually mild enough that I feel like I can kind of like breathe through it. And, uh, I am, yeah, just generally, um, one of the things I have been doing as part of quitting is like cutting back on drinking and, That has helped a lot with my anxiety. Um, And it's just like confronting my social anxiety, like, uh, you know, not medicating with alcohol Mm -hmm. to get rid of social anxiety. So um, I feel like that that's also another reason I was taking, you know, the Ativan was like medicating the social anxiety. So I, I feel like, you know, and because you know people say alcohol is like a liquid benzo so like doing them together is is really not great no i've done some foolish and, things on them together. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah but it's a natural thing to do because of course benzos they just make you want more and more of them and so a lot of people you know if they're not increasing their dose it's like they'll supplement with alcohol to kind of extend that feeling of relaxation. So I definitely did some of that. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm overall, uh, feeling a lot happier. I am feeling like the past couple days just kind of like moody. Uh, and I'm not really sure why I think for some reason, um, I don't want to blame everything on withdrawal, but I think, Mm the past couple of days been having more withdrawal symptoms, which is weird. Cause I reduced my dose like a week ago, but it makes sense. You know, maybe it's just kind of kicking in now or I might be PMSing. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm one of those people where my period completely surprises me every month. <laughs> like, How are you going to get the app? <laughs> I don't keep track of it at all. <laughs> period tracker. Yeah, I don't. I'm so I'm like a really thirteen helpful. year old girl where it's like every time I get period, oh my God. every time I get my period, it's like the first time I got my period. I'm like, oh, mom. The first time I got can my you period, bring tampons I to school? This <laughs> <It was> blood. <laughs> better. Fun, fun I think better Good. than pooping your pants. Yeah, well, for sure. Wait, Less embarrassing. Twelve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because at least at that at time, getting your period was cool. It's like, oh, oh I'm a woman. You're a woman now. <laughs> Full-fledged Full woman. Full-fledged. Yeah. 
training bra. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm trying to think of uh, anything else, but um, that's good to hear. Yeah. No, I I just yeah I'm coming out of a really rough patch. I think most of COVID was really bad for me. And, um, it like, you know, increased my benzo use and my alcohol use and just got in such a deep depression and my anxiety was so bad. And, uh, ever since going back to work, my depression has gotten better. And then with changing up the meds, the depression and anxiety have been improving. So yeah yeah idle idle mind is not good for me if i don't if i don't have things to do and i can just sit and think about think about me and my thoughts it's not good i mean you need to think about yourself sometimes but you could definitely go overboard yeah and i think during yeah well i'd broken my leg and then COVID, so i was like really in there all the time oh i forgot about deep that in there, <laughs> deep in my brain you were one of those people that were isolated before COVID and then pre and I, I apologize, but I think I started COVID because I was like, I wish everybody else knew what it was like to be on lockdown. And then the it, day, was you. it was me. <laughs> and the day I was able to um, walk and drive, we went into actual lockdown. I'm like, is this, a, is this a joke? Oh man. Those fun times. I can't, these last, I mean, it's almost the end of 20, 21 everything is a blur yeah it's like 2020 and 2021 are the same like there's no differentiation yeah they went super fast and also i don't know 2021 has not existed to me yeah 2020 was long and fast at the same time it's like a hangover from Mm -hmm. 2020 is what it is so there's it's just as disorienting maybe weird it's weirder almost yeah just not as depressing but just weird yeah weird energy universal energy yeah it's still yeah and i think um you know most of our nation got depressed for the first time and that was cool because like suddenly they could relate to uh, us saddies (laughs) who were already depressed (laughs) (laughs) who were like welcome welcome to our hellscape (laughs) um so uh yeah, I think that probably made it more of a blur for everybody, too. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yeah, being depressed. For us depressos, we just got more depressed. Right. And then for the happy people, they were like, I've got the blues. What is this? And now that, I mean, there is, our, you know, we are energetic beings. So that energy is actually in the air. People, I think, forget you can feel that. Mm-hmm. I don't have the... Even if it was sometimes fake joy, the facade has been broken to some degree, and I miss it a little bit. I know it's good that it's broken, but I'm like, oh, tapping into fake joy sometimes is helpful. Yeah. I like my favorite period during COVID was like the very beginning where, um, I I shouldn't say my favorite period during (laughs) COVID. Well, I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, the bright spot yeah. of COVID for the me was those first few months where people 
And I think that it was mostly extroverts that kind of got this going where they were like, oh my gosh, I am going crazy without seeing my people. And so it was like, everybody was finding all these new like apps and oh, stuff yeah. and ways to connect. Marco like Polo. our friend group did Marco Polo for a while. Oh, pretty short lived. Yeah. <laughs> Probably like, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it was like, but there was that bright spot where it was like, which for me was nice because I felt like I was connecting with people more than I even usually did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, people were reaching out way more. And, yeah. yeah, and like I connected with like high school friends that I hadn't in a long time. Uh, yeah, it was so definitely it was unifying. Yeah. Um, and I also really like, it's it's kind of the same thing of like I love like snowstorms. When there's a snow day, it's like you just kind of shut the world down for a minute. There's something cozy and peaceful about it. Um, but it's unfortunate when it's a life-threatening disease. It kind of takes away some of the coziness. Yeah. <laughs> I just think of them like a zombie movie, yeah. and we're all inside with the boarded-up windows just, like, sipping tea. Like, yeah. isn't this nice, this <laughs> yeah. quiet time together to reflect? But yeah, you have to look at the bright side. Yeah. And make things humorous, or you'll, you'll die. Yeah. I will, anyway. Yeah. Uh, so we're at that time in the episode where we need to take a quick break, but we will be right back. Two Nuts in a Pod is a program dedicated to talking about the real stuff, the stigma of mental illness, how we tend to our mental health, and how our brains define and empower us. Hosted by Lizzie and Emery, Two Nuts in a Pod can be found on podcast streaming devices, such as iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and CastBox. In addition to podcast streaming services, Two Nuts in a Pod is a proud member of Forward Radio. 1065 WFMPLP is committed to broadcasting the voices of those groups and individuals in our community who are routinely ignored by the mainstream media, promoting understanding and collaboration among diverse groups, supporting our efforts to network, organize, and strengthen our community and our democracy. Forward Radio is a volunteer-powered, listener-supported station, and we need your contributions. Just go to forwardradio.org to donate or get involved. All right, everybody. We are back in the studio with the lovely Lamsey Reeves. Hi. Um, one of my besties. Mm. Known her for 10 years. Um, and uh, this is the segment where uh, we kind of just dig in to our guest's psyche a little bit do you feel like being your brain being torn apart on a table absolutely uh so i usually like to start with just like when did wherever you want to start as far as like when your mental health issues began or like kind of what triggered that because some people know really early and for some people it's triggered later and I actually don't think I know this about you already. Um, I think mine was right after high school. I was, like, really happy and confident in high school. And I developed the weird insecurities later. The insecurities that everybody had in high school, I got them much later. Um, hmm. I would say my depression really noticeably began when I was 20. Like, or like right at 20. Um, I was a major partier for... I started drinking and partying in high school when I was, like, 15. 
Hmm. Um, but I had a grand old time in high school and graduated and did well. So it wasn't out of control. Um, but then, yeah, around 20, I was serving tables. And so it was like part of the lifestyle. It's like you're just out. All, I mean, you're young. And then I was waiting tables. So I was going out drinking like every other night. Um, so I would get, I'd get really bad hangovers and I would get down. But there wasn't like, I don't know. I just was, I was a little bit emo in my 20s. I think I thought it was cool and like, uh, I like to read philosophy and listen to sad music. Oh, it's like the whole depression is sexy thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm in, it's the only I'm, card we get to play. I'm intelligent, <laughs> interesting. I'm not like everybody else. Yeah. I'm listening to Billie Holiday and reading Voltaire and Nietzsche. Yes. Um, but I was just working constantly and partying and everybody else was doing the same thing. So it wasn't as noticeable for a while. Um, but I would get, like, I, I just had anxiety and panicky, a little bit depressive. I didn't do, like, in retrospect, I worked and drank and went to bed and that was it. That's all I did for, like, years. Hmm. Um, and then, like... I also had a really intense anger issue. Um, both of my parents are very volatile. Hmm. Um, they've gotten way better, but they're, I grew up with screaming, yelling, angry people. Hmm. Um, I've never seen you yell, so that's really that's interesting. Amazing. I've been working on it for years. Like I really started working on it, like about the time I met you. Hmm. Um, at one point, Sarah Hyde's definitely seen it. My road rage was out of control. <laughs> she, like, wouldn't ride in the car with me. And I was like, I should reel this in. That's a problem <laughs> if your friend won't drive in the car with you. Um, so, yeah, big-time rage issues, short fuse. Um, I didn't know how to regulate my emotions, which is what I've learned that that's what it's called. Like, I would just be like... I'm a psycho brat sometimes. Um, but mostly the people that see it, always my boyfriends would be the ones to, to see that horrible side. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been like that for me, too. It's like they're the safe ones. It's like somehow, They're you also know. pushing you. I don't know. I'm not getting that angry at friends for whatever reason. Well, like if, you know, with a partner, you feel like they love you unconditionally and like... You know, yeah, sometimes, yeah, in certain relationships, I guess, right? Or you think, you know, that the sex is good enough that they're gonna put up with the crazy (laughs) parts, but if you're not having sex with your friends, they tend to put up with less crap, right? (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, and I, for whatever reason, the the people that have always my mother would drive me to insanity, like, just I have screamed so loud. Like, not that long ago, actually, which was off-putting for me. But I screamed so loud that I, I'm like, did I just damage my vocal cords? And also, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe that sound came out of me. I can't believe I've allowed my, like, what is happening? I need to stop. Like, but anyway, that used to happen way more often. And I don't really do it that much anymore. My current partner, uh, one of his triggers is yelling. Even an elevated voice. Uh, He... 
does not deal well with. So I'm learning how to not do it. It's very challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm like, okay, yeah, I don't need to be yelling. It's bad for my heart, bad for everything. It's not effective. It doesn't do anything. But yeah, um, so that was the thing I started working on. And, and then I think I mentioned earlier, like my most intense depression was I had almost gotten married five years ago. And I called the wedding off a week before. Um, but I didn't get, it needed to be done. It was definitely the right, right call. Um, but I didn't realize how depressive, it was like a delayed onset depression. And then I just, I had also, it was like weird timing because I had, um, just come in, I'd like made this real estate sale and I'd made like $25,000. So I had this chunk of money and I got really depressed. So I quit my job and I just, and it was winter and my, I was upstairs at that baller apartment, <laughs> but I was just oh, upstairs yeah. in that room, and I just stayed up there in bed, and then I got pneumonia. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's a really rough time. There's some and, irony in like being oh my, a shut-in and getting pneumonia. <laughs> oh like... yeah, double pneumonia, and then I got the flu, and I was super sick, and my friend Rachel, who is, uh, she always calls, she'll be the one that'll be like, okay, you need to, you need to go get some help, and she was the one that time that was like you need to I've been to this place called the couch um here's the number I recommend calling because I was thinking about suicide at that point maybe more so than just the I I was almost entertaining it during Mm -hmm. that period um yeah that, that was a darker really dark time and I think I was um I was like growing up I was always my parents were both my mom was an addict and my dad had me super young and so he was kind of Peter Pan syndrome. Um, so I was like the strong one. And so I was good at, uh, I guess, compartmentalizing emotions and just going on and being happy. And I think at the core, I am a happy, optimistic person. But during that period after I called up my wedding, I think it was delayed because my grandmother who raised me had died a few years before. Um, and I think it all like kind of compounded and mm. I was dealing with it all at the same time I think that's why it got so dark and then like you're talking you know I think our society's like yeah take care of yourself let's not talk about mental health so you don't reach out and if you're the strong one it's like I should be able to do this get myself together um I've recently learned that's called uh parentification when you grow up with parents who you have to take care of that you're you end up being parentified so you yeah and then after that I was like okay I think I've, I've kind of beat myself up because I'm like, oh, what have I accomplished? You know, I'm 36. There's some things that are in a state of arrested development with me. But I'm like, I think after I got out of my house, I moved out right before I graduated high school. I think there's a part of me that's like, I don't want to take care. I don't want to be stressed out or think about anything. So I'm just going to party and not think about anything. And then when I started being like, oh, alcohol, I don't need to be doing this all the time. Then you start having to face, you know, thoughts and feelings that maybe you didn't have to before because you were drunk. Oh, man. I didn't even think about that as far as, like, I mean, I have a great therapist right now, and I'm seeing her weekly, and so much stuff has been coming up lately. Mm-hmm. And oh, I yeah. bet it's the same thing. Totally. I bet it's the just the cutting back on the substances and all this stuff is like coming to the surface and you have to sit with it but it's so much better to sit with it 
Yeah. Um, then you can get through it. And you don't have to deal with it anymore. Or, you know. And you get out of way. that cycle of just like, you know, being afraid of the feelings. And so you medicate them. Mm-hmm. And then um, they just come back. They just and pop the right worst. back up. Yeah. Because you never actually resolved them. Tara Brock talks about that a lot. Really? She's my jam. Yeah, I need to listen to her more. I'll check out Tara. She's yeah. my um, unofficial counselor. She has been for like three years. She's really helped with my anger and just really everything. I highly recommend. Um, I'll put her in the show notes. Oh my god, the best. But yeah, I it's always been up and down, up and down. Um, and that same mentality of like, I should be able to deal with this, I should be able to deal with this. And now that I think, too, like you're saying, a lot of things have been coming up this year. A lot of things have been coming up. I'm like, I'm 36. This is like a weird turning. I don't know. I'm just really, I'm like, oh, I'm an adult. I'm a grown-ass woman. I'm almost 40. Mm -hmm. People balk when I say that. But I'm like, in math, I'm almost 40. We're rounding up now. We're rounding up. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, just old patterns, behaviors that keep you, like, you don't even realize that you're doing them. This relationship I'm in has been extremely revealing. Um, and I've grown a lot and my partner has too, but it is that that's contributed a lot. I think last year there was a big disconnect between us. Um, and I, I seek a lot of safety and comfort from my partner because I don't have my parents there. I don't really have like a family. I'm an only child. I didn't have a family that was there to comfort me ever. And I don't mean, I'm not hating on my family or like it's all their fault. That's not what I mean. But Mm -hmm. emotionally supporting, that's not a thing. So I put a lot of probably undue pressure on my partner and not in a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Codependent way. Yeah. But if I don't feel that reciprocate if I'm like okay you're not there for me emotionally then it makes it worse and so we were having that issue where I was like I don't feel like I can tell you about my you know mental health things and if I'm emoting in a certain way it would shut him down um but in the last year he started going to therapy I started going to therapy and now he's like amazingly there for me I'm like oh and I snap out of these things way faster if I'm able to be like okay I'm feeling sad right now Instead of this person being like, well, you shouldn't feel sad. There's no reason to feel sad. Let's problem solve it. Like, mm. that's, now I'm angry. And yeah. also I feel like you're um, negating anything that I feel. And not that, it's not on somebody else, but it is really nice to have support. And people um, don't know how to do that naturally. They have to learn. Yeah. And therapy and is such a great way to learn really, how to help other people with their emotions, too. Yeah. I didn't know that I'm a natural nurturer and I guess because maybe because I was a I was parentified maybe. Mm-hmm. so I was like what is wrong with you why aren't you comforting me when I'm crying your your reaction is to leave mm-hmm. um but yeah you're totally right like that's not fair of me to judge like oh you don't know how to do that okay but he has learned and I am extremely extremely impressed that's awesome but that has been very beneficial for my um emotional regulation yeah i think having a partner who can do that and then having like you know at least a couple of friends to to like spread it out 
Oh, for, oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, I don't... I the don't, partner sees yeah. the most of it because they're at home, right? Yeah. And I don't want to um, dump on my partner and try yeah. to make them my therapist. Absolutely. That's not, yeah. not a good thing to do. But it is nice to know that you can have a shoulder to cry on if need be. Yeah. And that, the, you know, they're going to... If they're living with you, they're going to witness the worst moments the worst so moments. they've got to be they've got to be prepared yeah. um all right so we are coming to that part of the episode where we talk about gratitudes mm. so sometimes you know on the show we get into some dark places so we always like to kind of end on like a lighter more positive note and uh so i'm going to start with lamzy if you would share your gratitudes first, okay. because I'm famous for being really bad at these. Because I am ungrateful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an ungrateful narcissist, so you start first. Um, okay, I, I'm so grateful for so many things. I'm very grateful for all of my, my relationships, my friends, and my partner. I've been very, very fortunate to have met unbelievable women and men and um, have had really long-term deep connected friendships i'm super grateful for that i've created my own little family um i am super grateful for my able body now breaking my leg really i was always grateful but now i'm like oh man like i'm way less hard on myself about my weight and like little things because i'm like i can walk around look at all these things i can do walking is really cool i'm really into that yeah um and i'm healthy so i'm just super grateful like my i don't have issues i don't wear glasses i didn't have to have braces like that's amazing wow um so i'm very grateful for that and a third thing um i thought of this earlier what was it oh my brain i'm very grateful for my brain i think that i'm um intelligent and even in dealing with the mental health thing I feel like I'm fortunate that I and this might make me sound schizophrenic but there's always like a sane voice mm -hmm. in my head sometimes it gets squished down more but there's always a voice that's like okay we need to deal with this thing um if I'm super depressed like maybe I can't get out of bed but I feel like there's still some little little sane person, little smart person in there that'll help me, um, if that makes any sense. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and um, I'm grateful for the internet, <laughs> YouTube videos, yep. because if you don't have any money, you can listen to Tara Brock for free counseling. Yep. And in my really dark hours, like when I can't get, this is crazy, I will this last time I didn't want to take a shower because it was difficult for me to do any like hygiene things. Mm -hmm. Also, I have really terrible water pressure. So that was equally as de-incentivizing. Um, yeah. So I put on a YouTube video of a get ready with me, of this bitch taking a shower and like getting ready. And I'm like, I put it on and watched it and it got me to go. So anyway, wow. That's, that's a funny, weird thing. I'm <laughs> that's a good life hack. <laughs> yeah. So That's many great. more things. Lizard. All right. So let me think about my gratitudes. So one thing, um, this happened last night. My dog will like kick me a lot in my, when I'm trying to sleep. I love my almost two year old dog. She's perfect. She, is, she really is. Jack Russell, mini Italian greyhound, Chihuahua. Oh, she's 
mix. So just picture that cuteness. Um, but she's a kicker at night. She's got these like long skinny legs and she flails them around sometimes. And as someone who's like, for the most of my life, been a cat owner, Mm -hmm. like I'm used to like, if a cat's doing something you don't want them to do, there's nothing you can do about it. It's not. Like, like, ow, you're hurting, you're hurting me. You're hurting me. They don't care. (laughs) They don't respond. And last night I got so fed up because I, I've been hyper focused on like, oh, I'm not sleeping well lately because I'm like, oh, it's so frustrating. I just don't want to be tired all the time. So last night I just like, I was like, Phoebe, stop kicking me. And she like jumped up and like went and like laid down a little bit further away. Oh my God. but I guess I should feel bad about that. But I actually was like, I feel bad about that. It made me feel great because I'm like, oh, I have, I forgot she's a dog. She listens. <laughs> <laughs> so I can teach her not to do this behavior. That's amazing. I forget that's the thing with dogs. So there's hope for me yet that I'll be able to maybe have a good night's sleep sometime Yay. soon. Um, so thankful for that. Also thankful that um, my husband Seth has started to uh take over the dishes um i'm one of those people that i'd much rather like cook and meal plan than like do the dishes um and so and it's not like seth likes doing them but that makes it more meaningful is that he's you know been willing to take that on for me yeah that's awesome uh so yeah very thankful for that Uh, he's really been on top of it and um yeah just thankful to have this time with you thank you for coming on the show my pleasure thanks for um, having me and yeah we will put those notes about tara brock tara brock tara tara brock brock like b-r-a-c-h yeah because everybody needs to know about her she's great all right everybody well thanks for listening keep talking about your feelings bye bye Thank you for listening to Two Nuts in a Pod on Forward Radio. Please keep in mind that we are not mental health professionals, and all of our opinions are based on our personal experiences. If you'd like to speak to a trained professional, call National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. The crisis line is available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Original theme music for Two Nuts in a Pod was composed by Neil Lucas.